You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is the sermon recording from this week's service, but first, here are the readings. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judah, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. And now for this week's sermon. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable to you, O God. Amen. Prophet, not profit. Last week, Charlotte told us something about prophets in general, and she pointed out that a prophet is not someone who foretells the future, like some fairground palm reader, who anyway is as likely as not to get it all wrong. No, a prophet is one who tells it as it is, reflecting God's view of things and often speaking truth to power, even when power does not like what it hears. And sometimes a prophet will express some ideal state of affairs, some hoped-for time when people will live at peace with each other. And here we need to remember that the Christian idea of peace is not just the lack of war. It is dynamic creative cooperation among people, 
It's the full expression of the mutuality of dependence that we are all part of. We see that in the picture that Isaiah gives us in our first reading. All the traditional enemies will live peacefully with each other. First, though, the wicked have to be got rid of, and along with that goes judging the poor with righteousness and judging the meek with equity, that is, with a sense of fairness. To do all this, the prophet envisages a ruler who will be guided by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Tonight's passage from Isaiah is one of several that speak of a vast socio-economic levelling operation, of an end to oppression, of fair access to the resources of society. Implicit in this, of course, is that injustice, lack of fair access to society's resources, is wrong. And so to John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. In his preaching, he picks up this major theme from the book of Isaiah, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, carries the idea I've just mentioned. And this is even clearer in St. Luke's version. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Again, that's lifted from Isaiah, and it's why John is sometimes called John the Leveller. But there's another important reason, baptism. Getting wet is one of the essential things that happens when you are baptised. You either have water poured over your head, or you get submerged in a pool of water, or, as in Jesus' case, you go to a river, or, as some people do, the sea. However it's done, baptism is a great equaliser. Baptism, then, is the first step on the road of striving for justice, for righteousness, integrity. John the Leveller, the baptizer, launched Jesus on his career of giving priority to the poor, the downtrodden, to those who, not being amongst the elite, did not have their fair share of access to their society's resources. So that's something about Isaiah, who lived 700 years before the time of Christ, and John the Baptist, whose ministry overlapped a bit with that of Jesus. Two people recognized as prophets. What about prophet? It's too easy to say that prophet good, to say prophet good, prof, prophet good, prophet bad. Any business that continually makes a loss is, in the long term, no good for anyone, unless there are other reasons why the time has come for it to cease trading. It's interesting, though, that charities, which also have to avoid running at a loss for too long, do not generally refer to profit, but to surplus. With profit, though, a problem sometimes arises a problem linked with the power that the profit maker inevitably acquires. That problem is, of course, the abuse of power. And here Christians can be caught out. 
For instance, there's a story that Jesus told about three servants who were each given money to use on behalf of their very powerful master while he was away. The first two servants doubled the amount of money they had been, each been given, but the third buried what he had and gave it back to the master without anything added to it. The master was very angry at this, having praised the other two. And it's the other two who the church down the years have usually regarded as the ones who have done right. But it was the servant who buried the money he had been given who spoke truth to the master, telling him that he was a cruel and unjust man. Apparently, this is how Jesus' original hearers would have understood the parable, as someone being praised for speaking truth to power. Perhaps we can even think of that man as being some sort of prophet. I don't know if Ken Loach is a Christian believer, but he certainly speaks truth to power. I hope some of you have seen his latest film, Sorry We Missed You, and that if you haven't, you will. It's about a man whose family makes sacrifices so that he can buy a van and become a so-called self-employed deliverer of parcels. In practice, his life is ruled by the depot. He has an almost impossible workload and virtually no time off. His wife and children suffer, and his own tiredness nearly kills him. Filmed in Newcastle, it's very true to life. And think of what we know also about life in Amazon's warehouses. Both the film and Amazon reflect the making of excessive profit by those in power. Some further examples of what Isaiah, John the Baptist, and Jesus would, I think, raise objections to. It was revealed last week that the six richest people in Britain have as much wealth between them as the poorest 13.2 million. And of course, wealth means power and access to resources quite beyond the reach of those 13.2 million. Another new figure tells us that 14 million people in this country live in poverty, and that of those 14 million, 4 million are 50% below the poverty line. One more. Shelter tells us that there are at present 135,000 children without a proper home. All this and much more is a long way from the ideal of our lines in Isaiah. With righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. It's a long way from John the Baptist, John the Leveller, and his make his path straight. It's a long way from his every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. It's a long way from Jesus, who said to the powerful people of his day, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. We could say that the church's story started with Jesus' baptism, but it was only the start, the start of the first chapter of a long book with many chapters. In each generation, and in each place, a new chapter is being written. Each little group of Christians, each little bit of the church, has a chapter to write. 
In doing that, we look at the world we live in and we try to make our chapter consistent with the teaching of Jesus. While in doing that, we can draw on the insights of the likes of Isaiah and John the Leveller, John the Baptist. We should be aware of circumstances around the world and try to help, but without even looking beyond the nature of our own UK society, which for so many living, for so many living in it is a pile of wreckage, just limiting ourselves to where we are surely prompts the demand to follow the way of the prophets and to resist the ways of those who make excessively large profits at the expense of the poor. And if we don't feel up to that, we can remember that John came out of the wilderness. He was very much an outsider. And it's very often outsiders, people who feel themselves to be outside the main drift of society, who can contribute most to the development of that society. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. To find out more about what we do, head across to our website, www.northernlightsmcc.org.uk.